Welcome. This is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. We want to thank you for taking time to listen to our Sun, Salt, and Light broadcast. We want you to know and grow in the Son, S-O-N, Jesus Christ, and be the salt and the light. We'd like to thank you so much for taking time to listen to this broadcast. We simply teach the Bible verse by verse and chapter by chapter, and we believe that God changes a life one verse at a time. I'd like to personally invite you out to come and see the church. Uh, it is a very casual atmosphere, and uh, but we do take the Word of God very seriously. We meet in a non-traditional church building. We actually meet at the BFW 3966 in Divine, Texas. It's located at 211 West College Avenue, big white building right next to the post office. Our service times are on Sunday when we go through the New Testament uh, at 10 a.m. And then on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. we go through the Old Testament. Uh, We have children's ministry available for both services. And if you need to get more information on the church, you can go to calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bible ready, we'll be in the book of Matthew chapter 1 verses 18 through 25 as we look at the announcement of the birth of Jesus to Joseph. Here's the first half of this two-part study. Amen. So Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25 is what we're going to look at. Uh, One of the things I wanted to talk about, we've kind of laid the foundation as we went over the prophecies of the announcement of the prophecies of the birth of Christ. And then, then when last Sunday we looked at the announcement of the birth of Christ to Mary. Uh, We also looked at the Word became flesh as we continue our Advent series and uh, as we head into uh, Saturday for Christmas Eve service. We're really looking forward to to being able to see what the kids are going to do. So um, one of the things that we need to understand is right now as we look at at the, um, the spectacle that is Christmas, the secular side of it. There's a problem. There's a problem that's happening in American churches right now. It used to be something we had to worry about on the secular side, but now we have churches that are actually uh, participating and celebrating Santa Claus in the church. Matter of fact, they had a, a church in, in Sunshine Cathedral in, in, uh, in Florida that did a uh, Santa baby with male dancers, just shorts. You had uh, recently the, uh, another church, a Baptist church, that decided to go ahead and do a whole service on Santa Claus. And the worship team did the Santa Claus was coming to town. They had a full sleigh coming across the stage, drummers going back and forth up in the rafters. It's not what Christmas is about. There was another church that actually did, uh, instead of the worship team doing worship, they did Willy Wonka songs and then they actually did uh, Christina Aguilera which is uh, Candyman which is pornography if you look at the words of the the song so it's important for us as we talked about that falling away this past week is the apostasy is happening already in front of us and sadly some of the churches are leading the way but as Calvary Chapel that's one of the things that we cannot do so when you come in, we, yeah, we're going to break bread together. I, I always tell you when we do those, those are what we call Acts 2.4.2 nights. We, we have the word, we have prayer, we have fellowship, koinia, and we break bread together. There's a purpose for it. But we always have time for the word. 
And when we look at Christmas, the thing that we have to put our minds on is very important because you as grandparents, you as parents, do not let your child know more about Santa than they do about Jesus. That's a problem. It's a problem. At at the end of the day, it's it's something that's happening uh, with Christians, and we need to be careful because if we are to be biblically minded with a, a biblical worldview, we can't have anything to do with that. I'm not saying that you shouldn't celebrate Christmas. You're celebrating the birth of Christ. That's what we need to remember. As we look at our first little part of the verse here, we look at uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 16. As we look a little bit, it goes into the, the, uh, the genealogy of, the, uh, of Mary and also the genealogy of Joseph. But Joseph in there, it says, And Jacob begot Joseph and husband of Mary, in whom was born of Jesus is called Christ. But we know that as we look at Luke chapter 3, uh, verse 31, it, it traces the genealogy back to Adam through Nathan, uh, the King David's son. And so there's a lot of stuff that happens with that. It's just a theological argument that goes back and forth. But we know it's in Scripture. We have that Luke actually goes all the way back and deals with that. Just so you know, it's in there. Uh, And one of the things I love is in verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. So the announcement for Joseph at this point is Mary showing up pregnant. Now you can imagine just how he's dealing with this. And one of the things I love about about Joseph is you're going to see that he's a just man. Uh, Mary was betrothed, and we talked about that Sunday, to be betrothed, and I'll just cover it real quickly. To be betrothed, that means your, your parents would have picked out your husband or wife. And, and so it, it, it's one of those things that we look at. The betrothal period would last about a year, and, and Joseph would have went and been building the house for Mary. And so Mary's, you know, Joseph shows up, the bridegroom uh, shows up for the bride at any time and comes and gets her. And we talked about us. We, you know, one of the things that we need to remember, Matthew kind of covered that because it's very important because Matthew was writing to a Jewish audience. And, and we need to remember what it is as we are the bride of Christ. And we talked about that Sunday, how important that is, is because he talks about the ten virgins. And as he's talking about the, the bridegroom returning, Right? He tells them to do what? To bring their lamps and bring the oil. And the oil represents, we talked about it, was the Holy Spirit. Bridegroom comes, calls them, and guess what? Some five of them don't have the oil. They have to go back. Five go with Jesus, right? And then he closes the door. And I had a conversation with one of the other pastors, and I talked to them about the importance of understanding, like, half, half don't make it. Jesus tells them, I don't know you. So for us, as one of the things is we're in the betrothal period. We are to be filled with the Holy Spirit, the oil of the Holy Spirit, ready for his return. Because we're in the betrothal period. And so Joseph finds out now, and, and, and he finds out as Mary shows up. So it says there, before they came together. So they haven't had relations yet. 
And, and if they would have had relations, remember we told you all this past weekend, this is an essential for you to believe in the virgin birth. If you don't believe in that, and there are, I think we looked at it this week, there's 34% of Christians that don't believe in it. That's, a, that's, a, that's an essential problem. Essential. Because if they had relations, Jesus is born in sin. But because there's a virgin birth, the, the overshadowing of the, the Holy Spirit coming upon her, they had never been together. They had not had relations. At this point, this is one of the things I talked about, Mary, how humble she was. Mary could have been stoned to death at any point. Because that's what they would do with, with those that were uh, caught having fornication. Because even we talked about that, the fornicators, the, uh, the, the religious leaders brought that up to Jesus. You come from fornication. But we know that they had no relations. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4, it says, Marriage is an honorable among all, the bed is undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers God will judge. That's very important, and we'll just try to keep this as PG as we can, because <laughs> we have kids in there. Understand anything that's done. Now, marriage. What is marriage? We define that as we looked at Genesis chapter 3, or Genesis chapter 2, uh, as a male and a female. Okay? Not a male and a male, not a female and a female. Right? And, and so when we look at the, the marriage bed, the marriage bed is, is for husband and wife. And so anything that's done outside the marriage bed between, you know, that it can be a single person or a single mom or, or it can be somebody who's not married but they're just living together, they're in sexual morality. And, and so that's, that's an issue. But they had not come together. They, were, they had no relations. So she was found with, with child of the Holy Spirit. So, so Joseph returns and he finds Mary pregnant. And, and you've got to wonder it's at this point how Joseph is going to respond, right? I mean, if it would have been most people, they would have flipped out. They would have lost their mind. What happened? What's going on? How did that happen? I've been over here working on a house, right? Trying to prepare a place for you. What happened? But that's not how Joseph was. You know, Joseph, uh, one of the things I love about that is Joseph is a, is a just man. He's a compassionate man. And we know that she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. And Luke chapter 1, verse 35, it says, And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that the Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. In Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, uh, we went over this. This is a verse that was written some 700 years prior to the birth of Christ. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Virgin birth, the central, essential thing to our salvation. It is, it is the, the, the emphasis at the fact that the Lamb of God was absolutely perfect. John chapter 1, verse 29, the next day John saw Jesus and toward him, coming toward him, and he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our, with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we were, yet without sin. Fully God, fully man. Now Mary is right in the perspective of Joseph here. 
Luke kind of looked at it through uh, Mary's perspective. In verse 19, and, and her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. That word just means righteous. But he wasn't just righteous, he was compassionate. Because he was looking at putting her away quietly. We don't put anybody away quietly, do we, today? Something happens, it goes on Instagram, it goes out on Facebook, it goes out on... You get mad at somebody, it just... Psh, it goes out. I don't think there's too many people that put anything away quietly today. But this is one of the things I love about Joseph is when it comes to handling this crisis, he was compassionate. He was calm. He wasn't moved by his emotions and feelings. One of the things that we have, the biggest problem that we have in our country today is we have too many single-parent homes. We don't have fathers in the homes. We need just men in the homes. Righteous men in the homes. We have over 23% of children living with one parent. 23%. We, we, we actually, that's three times the average of the world. America. And this is what happens when the government gives everything to everybody. There's no need for a husband. The more kids I have, the more money I get for tax. You start meeting people that have had four kids from four different fathers. And not one of those men are in her life. When you look at the, the, the statistics on a single father or a single, uh, a single parent home, like 90% of, the, of all homeless come from single parent homes. 90%. Runaways, 63%. Suicides, 85%. From single parent homes, from fatherless homes. Roughly 70% of the, the, those that are in jail State-run institutions, 70% are from single-parent homes. America has failed to follow the simple rule of a husband and wife married that God created. We've abandoned it. And I'll and I, I, be honest with you, I think part of it's, I'll, I'll take responsibility on my part. Because I wasn't, a, we had two parents in the home, but I wasn't a good father. For 22 years. You, let, you, you know, if, if you don't raise your kids, guess what? The school will. The government will. And they'll be one of those statistics. And, and so for us, there, a, a lesson for us that we get is we see Joseph's character. There's a lesson for us as men. To be just men. To be compassionate men. To be men that are going to step up and do what's being, what we're being called to do. And one of the things, I, I, when I was putting this study together, they hit me. I thought, you know what? We're going to see the end of this story. But we'll, what we see is with Joseph is we see his character. And who raised Joseph? Jesus was raised by Joseph. He wasn't always the Messiah. He was a child. He would have seen his father's character and his mother's humility. We don't think about that, do we? That's why it's important when you look at the Scriptures and you see he's a just man. God is not going to just entrust anybody to raise his child. Two people, one compassionate and just, the other one is humble and obedient. It's a great example for us as parents and grandparents. We need to be doing the same. You have such an impact on your kids, you have no clue. I'm teaching on this. Matter of fact, the verse that Oscar shared is actually the verse we're sharing at the conference when we have the free conference at, uh, at First Baptist Divine as I teach on parenting. 
parenting. And, and man, I can tell you one thing that, that irks me more than anything is broken promises. If you tell your child you're going to do something, you better do it. That, that is the worst thing you can do to a child. You know how many times I was told I was going to be picked up by my father after the divorce and he never showed up? Bag packed. Nobody came. We need to remember, like, our role as parents, we have an example here of Joseph and Mary that we need to learn from. And I love it. It says he was unwilling to put her, away, uh, put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. That is a man of compassion because he cared about her reputation. He could have taken and said, hey, go get the people from the town square. We've got to stone somebody. He was a man of compassion. But as considered these things, verse 20, an angel of the Lord appeared to him dreaming, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear. Take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So like most of us, when things are going bad, what do we do? Sleep. You start feeling bad, you don't want to deal with stuff, what do you do? Sleep. Joseph decides, I'm going to bed. Now we're not told this is Gabriel, we're just told this is an angel that comes to speak to, uh, to Joseph. But he appeared to him and he tells him, he gives him confirmation that, that she's conceived is from the Holy Spirit. Do not fear. It's woven in the womb. And it goes back to that verse in Isaiah 7, 14, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. A supernatural birth. In verse 21, she will bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Probably one of the most important verses in the Bible. Why? Because you get the whole purpose of why Christ came. This is why. When you look at the Christmas story, you can't leave out Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. We have hope because Jesus was born. We have the end of the story. We know Jesus was, was crucified, he died, and was resurrected. But they had 400 years of silence. And, and now this, this prophecy is being fulfilled. And the two people that have to bear uh, the weight of this is going to be Mary and Joseph because they are, from the time they're, they're walking the earth until the time they go home to be with Christ, they have to deal with that reputation of that's not, her, that's not Joseph's child. She had adulterous relationship. Or they got, they, before they were married, something happened. And so they had to deal with that all the way until they go home to be with Christ. And, and the thing that's to re- important for us to remember is they're raising Jesus. Both Joseph and Mary both need to be saved from their sins. And we talked about that in Luke chapter uh, 1 as we talked about Mary as she exalted him. And, and magnify him, glorify him, not me. You don't pray to Mary. It does you know she's not listening to you. She's with her son in heaven. You're praying to something that is just an inanimate object and idolatry. That's what it is. And I said that to you this weekend. How come every time I ever went to a Catholic church, Mary's like this and Jesus is on the cross crucified still? And I'm like, what's wrong with the picture here? And that's as a child. They both needed to be saved from their sins. Both Joseph and Mary. He would be the one that would provide salvation for them. We know in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, 
and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. If you ever want to start a prayer, that's, how, that's a great way to start your prayer. <laughs> Just, Lord, I come, I come before you. you you're, you're, you're the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I'm a sinner. I need to confess my sins. And then you go into your thanksgiving and supplication. So often we jump right into our prayer requests, right? Of increase of his government uh, and peace, and there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and of his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from the time for, forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of the host will perform this. In verse 21 it, it says, And she will bear a son, and he shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. That's why Jesus was born. And it comes in the fullness of time. In Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoptions of Son. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. I hope that you remember that, that you're a son and a, or a daughter of Jesus. You're no longer a slave to the things of this world, so don't put yourself back into those, right? Some of us are trying to put the, the jewelry back on, and all it is is just chains that the devil's holding. You think it's a nice little wrist bracelet, and it's a chain of unforgiveness. Or let me put on this nice necklace, and it's a chain of addiction, of pornography, of alcohol, and the devil's got you again. Don't go back to those things. You're a son. You're a daughter. We're, we're, we're saved by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, In Him we have a redemption through His blood and the forgiveness of His sins according to the riches of His grace. It's the grace of God, the grace that we all need every day. The grace, as soon as you wake up, <laughs> you're just, man, Lord, I need grace. As soon as you get in your car, Lord... You're going to get on that road, you know somebody's going to upset you. I need grace. We're messed up. You know, there are times when we need to get right with God. There's times when we're, we're pursuing holiness, pursuing righteousness, but we fall into things. Well, you need to know there's grace for the journey. You need to repent and just get back right with God. In John 3.19, it says, and this, and this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. The light has come into this world, and he's called you to be the salt and the light. And yet, a lot of times what happens is people love to choose the darkness over the light. The only time we can find peace is, is, is with Christ. In Isaiah 48, verse 22, it says, There is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. If you sow into wickedness, it's impossible for you to reap peace. Okay? The only way you're going to reach peace is through repentance. You keep sowing into that thing, that sin, you need to repent. That's when you'll find peace, when you turn back to Christ. He came to save us from our sins. And we need to be careful we don't try to go right back to them. Remember, He forgives our sins as, as far as from the east is from the west. In Psalm 103, 12. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says, But God demonstrates His own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. One of my favorite verses is in Psalm 40, verse 2. He also brought me up 
out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon the rock and established my steps. He saves us. He pulls you out of that, that, that mud and muck and puts you on the rock. Verse 22, it says, And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. And that goes back to Isaiah 7, verse 14. It's, it's being fulfilled, the word, of the word of God being fulfilled. Remember, we told y'all that the, that's why we, we spent the whole teaching on the prophecies of Christ. To establish and, and give you a foundation to know that God's word will be fulfilled. And behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. The virgin, and we talked about that. Luke covered that, that word in the Greek, virgin. What does it mean? Virgin. I would like to thank you for taking time to listen to our broadcast. This is uh, Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. If you're someone like me who is, uh, listens to a lot of podcasts, you can also listen to us on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Audible, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, just type in Calvary Chapel uh, Divine and you'll, you'll be able to track us down. And lastly, I just wanted to invite you out to church. Uh, we are a casual church that meets in a non-traditional building, uh, meaning that we meet at the VFW 3966 on West College Avenue, big white building right next to the the post office. Uh, if you want to get more information about our church, if you need to ask uh, some questions or you even need prayer, just go to calvarydivine.org. And uh, we want to thank you again just for listening to this broadcast of Calvary Chapel Divine Texas, Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. God bless you. Have a good one.